Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks! To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than... Your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. What is going on, everybody? I mean, we're talking about Thursday, September 5th, 2019. We are literally in the swing of the fall season. Football is starting back up. The baseball playoffs is is knocking on the door. We got NBA basketball, the NHL. Everything is going to be going strong. This is really one of the more exciting times of the entire year. And you know the pro wrestling content just won't stop. It just won't stop, baby. In fact, the man, the myth, the legend, David McClain. This is the guy who created Glow, and he's also the creator of WoW Superheroes. He is going to be one of our featured guests this week. He's going to be talking about the debut of Season 2 of WoW Superheroes, which is happening this Saturday on Access TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In fact, David is going to break some news exclusive for the Duke Loves Wrestling audience. He's going to break some news that he hasn't told anyone else yet. So stay tuned. It's going to be some fun stuff there. I'll also be going over the top stories in pro wrestling, a.k.a. Run the Ropes. In fact, I got a special guest who is going to assist me in discussing the PWI 500, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's list of the top 500 wrestlers in the world. Somebody's going to have to explain themselves in PWI, and I got just the guy to do it. But before we get to any of that, we all know about Maxim Magazine. This is one of the top magazines in the world, and literally the who's who. Some of the most beautiful and interesting people have been on the cover of Maxim Magazine for, you know, since its inception. I found out that Maxim Magazine, they have a big contest going on, okay? They're in search of their next Maxim Magazine cover model. And I also found out that one of you, one of you out there are competing to hopefully become the next Maxim Magazine cover model. So I said, you know something? The wrestling crew were very supportive. Let me invite this person to come on, share a little bit of information about herself, and more importantly, let all of you know how you can support her. Okay? We can get this done together here, folks. You know how we do. So without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. We're talking about the next cover model of Maxim Magazine, Michelle. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. Listen, first and foremost, congratulations. Uh, I just checked a little while ago on the website there, and you are number one in your bracket. Thank you so much. I'm pretty excited about it, actually. Yeah, this is this is pretty crazy because, you know, Maxim Magazine is such a major publication, again, around the world. And the fact that you have entered this contest and you're number one, does it, does it even feel real? Um, 
I, you know, it's it's kind of unbelievable. It just um, I'm in a moment of uh, still trying to figure it out that feeling, but it's it's a pretty great feeling to start off with. Absolutely. Talk to us about modeling, you know, because I mean, just anyone who takes and let, and let me tell you something, folks. Let me let me not even get ahead of myself. First and foremost, while you're listening to this, everybody, I want you to head over to Maxim. So that's M A. X-I-M, CoverGirl, this is all together, C-O-V-E-R-G-I-R-L dot com forward slash vote forward slash free forward slash 2019 forward slash Michelle, that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dash seven. And don't worry, if I went too fast, head over to the Duke Loves Wrestling Facebook page or Twitter, I'm going to pin this at the top, the link to this, so you'll be able to find it very easily. Uh, but it's free to vote. Please head over there and vote. But take a look at how beautiful Michelle is. I mean, this lady looks like a high-fashion model from, like, the glory years of high-fashion models. I mean, she is just an impressive person here. So tell us about your modeling journey. How long have you been modeling for? Um, I've been on and off since I was 19. Just really started off when I was young, and funny story, I actually used to train myself in my room and lock myself in a room, turn my music on really high, stand in a mirror, and just learn how to do the runway until I learned it. (laughs) That's what started it. You know, it's funny, too, because um, (laughs) a lot of pro wrestlers talk about the fact that when they were younger, they used to uh, pick up their siblings or their or their dolls and toss them around and things of that nature. <laughs> you locked yourself in your room, you put on the music, and you, you were strutting your stuff, huh? I was strutting my stuff, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've been doing it at, at a young age. And now, if I'm not mistaken, in addition to the modeling thing, which is something that you're passionate about, there's also something else you're passionate about. And, in fact, you know, over at the... Uh, the maximum link there to becoming the next cover model, you talk about the fact that if you win the grand prize, you're going to put money portion of the grand prize toward your education. You're actually uh, studying and you're involved with the medical field, right? I am, yes. I am uh, currently studying to be, I'm on the path to potentially be either a CRNA, which is a nurse anesthetist, or a anesthesiologist, um, but I'm on a journey right now to see where it takes me in some sort of medicine, to say the least, yeah. So, so talk to us about, about being involved in medicine, because this is pretty interesting. This is a field that the focus is to help others. Yeah, Why is absolutely. that something that you're so interested in? Um, it's just something that I've genuinely been interested in over the years. Uh, my dad is a scientist, and um, he was a little bit of motivation on a uh, science side of things. And then I've always just been really great with people. So I started when I graduated high school, um, did that for geriatrics and mental health for quite some time, and then I got into the modeling world, took a break, and decided to come back into it, and here I am working in plastic surgery and studying medicine. That's interesting. That, that's a heck of a journey, actually. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's a 
She's a, yes, uh, she be a in the medical field by day, and she can be modeling uh, by night. There, <laughs> you have you have you ever experienced being in a position where where you needed help from folks in the medical field, and and, and talk to us about that and how that's affected your desire to help others. I've dealt with things medically myself. Like I said before, um, I've always been interested in medical, but I think it came to a point in this last year with a lot of heartache and a lot of scares that I really have a certain passion for helping others in the sense that I think I learned from my own experiences, um, dealing with potential of having cancer and having some severe nerve damage. And thank God I, I don't. I just have a tear in my spine, which is healing uh, fantastically. I'm super thankful. But I think with that being said, it's given me a whole new meaning to wanting to help people on a completely different level that it's really hard to explain, but it's just something that I am really thriving for at this point. That's pretty awesome there. And, and, Thank and you. It's commendable because, geez, you know, somebody who is dealing with potentially having cancer and, and you know, even though you found out it's a tear in your spine, which is still concerning in its own right. Mm-hmm. The fact that you've been going through this journey and things have significantly improved and now you want to give back by somehow being involved in the medical field, that's that's some commendable stuff there. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to getting this journey of medical school done and being in it. <laughs> Absolutely. So. And and that's why, uh, so this, this Maxim thing could really help out with that, huh? Absolutely. I mean, it's a opportunity to move forward and something that I've always in my life wanted to do. Absolutely. Um, and it also helps on the other side be able to help me move to another direction of something that I've always wanted to do, you know, on a completely different level. So it definitely benefits in both cases for sure. So so talk to us about the voting process here. So because uh, I know that it's free. Let me say that again. Everyone, it is free. You're, you're, the only thing you're giving up is the few seconds that it takes to go and, and click on the link and vote for Michelle. The voting is open right now, and it's going to close on Monday. Is that correct? It is going to close, too, on Monday. Um, also, it is uh, it is free, which is fantastic, but we also trying to reach out to the Wounded Warrior uh, charity, and you can go ahead and just press the button for that, and then however amount that you want to donate – to that Wounded Warrior program, um, that, that amount of votes go to me as well. So it's a good way to help other people out as we're helping me out, too. Jeez, you just don't stop with this this whole concept of helping <sighs> others. Uh, and utilizing your platform in order to do that, that's that's pretty awesome. You know. Thank you. Shout out to uh, the Wounded Warriors uh, organization. You know, that's definitely an organization that I've done some work with and you know, together we've helped out homeless veterans uh, here in the Boston area. So anybody who that's is awesome. doing something with them, that's commendable. I definitely tip my hat to you. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you. So, right back at you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So so the first round of voting here closes on Monday. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you make it past that first round, then they're going to let us know and, and they'll open it back up for the next round. Is that correct? I believe that's how it works. So we're in groups right now, and I'm not sure how many groups there are, but I'm assuming that we'll know here shortly um, the next step. So I will keep you updated. Wow. Well, let me let me tell you something. I'm excited about it. 
I know that um, we did put up a post the other day where we put the link up on Duke's Wrestling Crew's Facebook page and Twitter. And I'm happy to say that there's been an abundance of response thus far. It's legitimately the, the most popular post that we had. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's how excited everyone is about um, helping you out with this, this goal of yours. So everybody else listening, if you haven't seen it on the Facebook or Twitter page yet, I encourage you, I encourage you, head over to MaximCoverGirl.com forward slash vote forward slash free forward slash 2019 forward slash Michelle dash seven. Again, it's on the Facebook page. It's on the Twitter. Vote for Michelle, please. Let's get her to the next round. And then I'm going to challenge you on something, Michelle. Okay. I would like you to come back when you make it to the next round and give us an update. And we'll continue to just go through this journey with you. We, we want to see you go all the way to the top until you finally make it on that cover of Maxim Magazine. And, and even more importantly, uh, we want to see you make it in the medical field and, and continue to do what you do, which is give back and help others. Absolutely. And thank you. I look forward to moving forward, and I thank everybody for their support. It's genuinely, truly appreciated. How cool is that? Huh? I'm telling you, and listen, I, I tell you up front, folks, I really appreciate all the support that you have provided for everyone who has so far. You've been voting and Michelle has been doing very well. You know, she, she's been in the, in the one, two, three slot going back and forth, back and forth. That's because, you know, everybody has support. But the fact that the Duke Loves Wrestling audience has stepped up to the plate and has lent support to the effort, it's really a big deal. And I just found out that you're allowed to vote once every 24 hours. So even if you've already, uh, you know, you can give a donation for Wounded Warriors and definitely uh, encourage everybody, if you haven't, please at least consider doing that. But just to vote one time, it's for free. And you can do that once every 24 hours. So if you head over to the Duke Loves Wrestling Facebook page or the Twitter page, you'll see the link on the main post. You'll see the link in the comments or you can just see, I'll be posting every day about this thing. Let's help Michelle, one of the Duke Loves Wrestling, Duke's Wrestling Crew members. Let's help Michelle get on the cover of Maxim Magazine. That would be just incredible if we could help make that happen. I'll tell you right now, boy. You know. And in fact, you know something? I'm so pumped up. Let's just get right to it. Let's go into the top stories in the world of professional wrestling because there is just some great stuff, man. We'll, we'll start with, boy, Bailey. Bailey, huh? We're talking about the SmackDown Women's Champion. She shocked the world when she did the one thing we've been begging for for how long now? She turned on Becky Lynch. She picked up the chair, looked at Sasha Banks, and proceeded to give Becky Lynch the beatdown of a lifetime, Jack. That's the way it had to go down. I'm telling you, no more kissing babies. No more walking around with a goofy smile on your face. Now it's all about kicking butt, taking names. And that's what she did. And then she followed that up. So that happened on Raw. She followed that up by going to SmackDown and doing the same thing to Charlotte Flair. So this is what, what we're dealing with here, okay? Bailey and Sasha Banks, the baddest chicks on the planet, they're making it work out there. They they just they're, they're sick and tired of being taken for granted, and they're going out there and kicking butt. That's the way it should be. So to Bailey, 
I'm going to tell you right now, I owe you an apology. I called you an ungrateful turncoat before because you weren't supporting Sasha in the way that you should have been. You clearly have seen the light, Bailey. And now, you know something? I kind of like Bailey now. Okay? I kind of like Bailey now. So you, you keep doing what you're doing. The, the next step is if you if you dye your hair blue like Sasha did, that's all you need to do. That It'll be the end of the road for everybody else, Jack. That's the most destructive force in the history of pro wrestling. If these two ladies have the same hair and they're kicking the same butts, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I love it. Okay, so keep it up, Bailey. Keep it up. Next major story, top story in pro wrestling. Boy, Chris Jericho. Now, first and foremost, you see this guy, right? He, he he won the AEW championship last weekend at All Out, the AEW pay-per-view that they had. It was their last pay-per-view before they debut on TNT in October. You know, their, their weekly television program, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jericho somehow, someway lost the AEW championship. And there was speculation that maybe somebody grabbed it at some point and disappeared with it. Now, this allegedly is a real thing here. In fact, there's a whole police report with the the Tallahassee PD in in, in Florida, folks. So this is not a joke. Somebody made that belt disappear. Okay, so there was an open investigation, what have you. Somehow, some way, they found the belt. The thing is worth $30,000. They found the AEW championship. But, you know, Jericho was too busy drinking a little bit of the bubbly. He was having too much fun drinking that champagne. And the belt disappeared. So somebody's got to talk to him about that. He's got to get his act together, man. If your champion is too busy drinking the bubbly and he's not focusing on the most precious prize in your your company, something's wrong there. I don't know. But I'm glad they found the belt. And, and you know, just for everybody who, who's been asking, I don't believe... I would hate to believe that the folks at AEW would falsify a police report for a wrestling angle. So I'm going to err on the side that this is all real. They really misplaced the belt or possibly somebody really stole it and they really got it back. Okay. It would be just a shame if we find out that this was all made up because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a pretty stiff fine and possible jail time for anybody who, who would make something like that up and, and falsify a police report using that concept. I, I don't think that's the case. I think this is all real. And I'm glad they found the championship because that's a lot of money. Thirty thousand. Some people don't even make $30,000 in a year. So you don't want that to just walk away on you. But Jericho, come on, man. Protect that championship. Jeez. Speaking of Jericho... This guy's gone viral all over all over again because he cut a promo after he won the championship and he was backstage. And at one point, he saw some champagne. And he goes, oh, a little bit of the bubbly, which is a line from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey delivered that line originally for folks, uh, you trivia folks out there. Uh, but folks, it, it was funny. I mean, I even laughed at it pretty hard, so... People started making memes and they started making videos and things of that nature and it's gone viral. So if you look up the hashtag, a little bit of the bubbly, you'll see just some really cool stuff. And of course, Jericho's encouraging everybody to keep keep that train going. This guy is like a genius, man. I mean, the same guy who gets the scarf over and and he gets the, the pen 
you know, you just made the list, all that, that stuff. Now he's getting over just saying a little bit of the bubbly and, and drinking shit. At one point, there was a video where he poured himself a glass of champagne. And then he proceeded to drink champagne out of the bottle instead of drinking it out of the glass. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? This guy is just on another planet. But it's it's all entertaining. It's all fun. Um, you know, I, I I enjoy Chris Jericho. I'm a Chris Jericho fan. I've, I've watched his career, his entire career, going back to 93, what have you. Um, so... You know, I don't have a problem with Jericho being the champion and, and helping AEW gain more visibility. I just don't understand why AEW took a, a WWE guy and beat their two non-WWE guys in order to be their first champion. It, it seems like it goes against what they were originally marketing. I don't think it's a bad idea, but it still comes back to my original point, folks. And you know I'm going to keep beating the drum on this. Deliver what you market, right? If you're going to tell me you're going to give me a, a Whopper, then give me a Whopper. Don't give me a hot dog, right? Right? And I like hot dogs. But if I walk into your establishment because you told me you enticed me with the Whopper, then give me the Whopper. If Adam Page was champion or Kenny Omega was champion or Sonny Kiss was champion, that would be very nice. Jericho being champion, it makes a lot of logical sense, but... That's not what you marketed. That's that's for another day. And, and, and listen, if there's any listeners out there who want to debate this, and in fact, if anyone from AEW wants to have a conversation about this, Cody, Brandy, Tony Khan, Jericho, whatever, you're welcome to come on the show. It's okay. I don't mind. I know you guys are going to be in town in a couple of weeks. We can, we can have that conversation then if you want. But I just, you know, I'm going to hold you accountable. Deliver what you market. With that said, I love the Jericho stuff going on. I love the little bit of bubbly, all that. Just keep, give me more of that. Give me more. That's right. Now, for the top story going on in pro wrestling. Well, well, wait a second. Breaking news here. Ric Flair is threatening to sue WWE. Flair is so frustrated over the WWE making merchandise and making money off of the phrase, The Man which Becky Lynch has has been throwing around a lot, Flair is going to trademark the man and then sue. That's ugly. And he said that even his, his daughter, Charlotte Flair, she's upset with him over this, but he feels like he needs to take care of the people who took care of him when he almost died because of his health complications. So, you know, WWE should give him a piece of the action on this whole the man stuff. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if I necessarily agree with Rick's way about doing things here. Especially considering he could be jeopardizing his future opportunities with WWE. But, hey man, if this is what you feel you need to do, then go all out. You know, and I guess that's what he's doing. So, we'll have to wait and see how this how this shakes. He doesn't have the man trademarked, although he does have to be the man, you have to beat the man. He has that phrase, trademark. And there's no doubt Ric Flair has been calling himself the man for decades. So I understand where he's coming from. I just don't know if he's going to win that round. Is he Is he going to sue Aloe Black? Is he Is he going to sue uh, Public Enemy? Or, you know, I don't know. Remember that song, Who's the Man? It's from a movie soundtrack? For a movie? I don't know. So we'll have to wait and see what happens here. Aloe Black had the song, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. 
don't know. We'll see what happens there. But Ric Flair is pretty... He was on TMZ. Cutting a promo, basically, about the fact that he's suing everybody. So, we'll see what happens there. But (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to bet against Ric Flair. I don't want to be on Ric Flair's bad side, especially lately. Because he will get online and make a video cussing you out. So... Just keep that in mind. My good friend, Vincent Kenny McMahon, if you need the Duke to mediate this situation, just let me know. I, I have no problem with being the, the guy in the middle. Bring you and Rick together and let's settle this thing. That's right. That's right. Now, the number one story in pro wrestling, and it's still going on here, this PWI 500. And I'm very frustrated with this PWI 500, as you all know, because that punk, that punk Seth Rollins is number one. So I reached out to PWI, and, and in particular, my, my good friend, Uncle Harry, as I like to call him, okay? We're going to get to the bottom of this, and we're going to get to the bottom of this right now. I got Harry on the line right now. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. This is Harry Burkett with this edition of Harry Loves Wrestling. And I just want to announce the number one person in the PWI 500 that's put together by the editors of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Number one this year is Seth Rollins. And you know something, Harry Burkett? I'm going I'm to tell you something right now, okay? Uh, and, and I call you Uncle Harry because you, you're like part of the family here. But I got to tell you, I personally feel that you and the entire crew over there at Pro Wrestling Illustrated, legitimately my favorite wrestling magazine of all time, the PWI 500, the one edition other than the old almanac, the one edition that I look forward to the most, I, I feel like I'm personally being assaulted because, once again, you put somebody as the number one wrestler who is literally one of my arch nemesis. And I'm talking about that no good Seth Rollins. I can't believe you put Seth Rollins as number one in the PWI 500. Harry, what are you doing to me, man? Wow. You, you must have a lot of uh, arch nemeses, as, as they say. First, it was Roman Reigns. Boy, you didn't like that pick. You didn't even like the pick of Ronda Rousey about 10 months ago when she topped our women's 100, and now you don't like Seth. Boy, the WWE machine was behind him. Why Why shouldn't he be number one? And, and if I'm not mistaken, you, 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 you threw a Kenny Omega at me one time, too. That really upset me. So it, it, well, also, I kind of think the uncle bit is a little bit of a cracky about my age. So <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I would, look, I, I'm serious, though. Harry, you guys got to give me a break here. How the heck could you ever in your life rank Seth Rollins as number one out of an entire list of 500 of the top wrestlers wow. on planet Earth? How the heck did Seth Rollins get number one? Well, I hate to be the turn the tables guy, but I do have to ask you because I'm curious. Who did you want to be number one? Well, I, I think that if if you guys didn't have an agenda to to legitimately make me upset like you pretty much do every year, um, it could have been Daniel Bryan, or it could have yeah. been Kofi Kingston. I mean, either one of those two guys would have been perfect. They they both had stellar years. They both uh, were were literally tearing it up out there, having some of the best matches of their career. And yet, you pick a punk like Seth Rollins. <laughs> um, let alone 
uh, another side note. What, what did you think of the controversy, what he had to say about uh, Will Osprey? I guess you didn't care for that either. Did it diminish him in your eyes? Well, you know, it's funny. That was one of the few moments where I actually agreed with Rollins. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Everybody else uh, couldn't stand it, and I actually cheered him on for that. Uh, and, and, and listen, shout out to Will Osprey. Um, I've been saying that he's, he's a flippy move mania guy going all the way back to his matches with Ricochet. And Osprey's been a good sport and responded back to me, telling me to, you know, take a hike or what have you, which is fine. Uh, but I, I truly believe that if you work for the number one wrestling organization in the world, you have the most dates, you're wrestling against the, the top competition, and oh, by the way, you're being compensated with the most money, then yeah, you are ranked higher than Flippy Move Mania, who, who's quite frankly doesn't measure up in any of those ways. Because you know, who, who the best wrestler is, is is subjective. Clearly, as PWI continues to prove here, so I don't think Osprey has a, has any argument if he wants to claim that he somehow is better than than Rollins because his bank account doesn't say that. Right, and you make an interesting point because I covered that exact topic in the PWI 500 issue in my column, uh, basically saying, you know, the people who complain that we favor WWE, I would say that's absolutely true. But that's because it's reality for, for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, not only more dates, but you have to reach a certain level of experience and expertise just to be in WWE. And I made the comparison between Marty Skrull and Bobby Roode. You know, Marty Skrull, he had a lot more momentum than Bobby Roode. Um, he was a lot more talked about, had a bigger buzz. But Bobby Roode worked for the biggest company on the planet, WWE. And that has to be weighted in the decision. And that's part of the decision behind Seth Rollins. And I don't want to say, I don't want to paint him as a default choice. Because we can pretty much make that argument almost any year. Uh, so-and-so made number one because number two didn't cut it or number three didn't cut it. But Daniel Bryan, I'll speak to him, he was our number two. Um, he had an exciting run as WWE champion. But his big run didn't start until late December, and it ended just a few months ago. Whereas Seth Rollins, even though he's not been Universal Champion for the entirety of the past year, I would say that the machine has been behind him, that he's been treated as their top star by the company. Now, whether he is genuinely perceived as a top star by the fans is a different matter. I guess time will tell. But it just seemed like he was he was the flagship of WWE this year, and Kofi Kingston I would say was mainly a victim of our evaluation period because uh, his true ascendance didn't begin until February, you know, at Elimination Chamber and then uh, that great WrestleMania that he had. If the 500 evaluation period had started January 1st and we're just covering the last six months, he would probably be number one. Um, and then I guess uh, AJ Styles, number three, same uh, story as Brian. His, his big uh, momentum stopped in December, pretty much. Um, so I think that's why Seth made number one. I think uh, an interesting story in all this is that the top four placements were WWE wrestlers this year. 
unlike the last two years where uh, New Japan wrestlers were ranked number one. Well, and, and I think it's fair to admit that, you know, New Japan pro wrestling has been rocked by the mass exodus. I mean, they've lost all of their top talent of the past, you know, five, ten years. And, you know, they're in a position where they they have to replenish. So it would have been – the Seth Rollins thing upsets me. It would have been bloody murder if you would have actually put somebody from New Japan Pro Wrestling in one of those top four spots because it, it just wouldn't have made any sense. It wouldn't be true. Right. You know, so. we, Okada made it the number five, but that's pretty pretty much as far as we could take him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I can't think of any – series of Okada matches that would have been higher than anyone in the top four. And look, I'm a reasonable guy. If you would have put Seth Rollins at number three, I wouldn't be as upset. I just don't buy that the Kofi Kingston run, as massive as it's been, because you got to remember, he was also tag team champion during that period, too. And the New True. Day are, are, are consistently in, in, you know, one of the top merch sellers in the entire company. So... Kofi has been, and he doesn't get injured either. I think Seth Rollins was injured at some period during your your grading period there. Uh, True. It's come on, you couldn't find a way, Harry. I I, I just else. knew when we made the Seth Rollins choice. I just had this image of Denzel Washington smacking that coffee cup across the room. I just yeah. knew <laughs> that this was going to be the case. And that's the first thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> First but I have to tell you, I, I'm a little bit of, of a doubter when it comes to Seth Rollins. Uh, I, I, just my views only, I don't really think he's captivated the WWE universe, as they say. Um, it it's, doesn't feel organic to me, like Kofi Kingston. So it'll be interesting where we're sitting uh, even six months from now. Because one nice thing about the 500 is our evaluation period ends at the end of June. Well, coming right up, we have uh, the PWI uh, Year in Review Awards. Uh, that'll be in our March issue, but they'll be coming out about four months from now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kofi Kingston as Wrestler of the Year. Well, and, and that's that's a consolation prize. I mean, come on, Harry. We're talking about the PWI 500. We don't have real dirt sheets anymore. Uh, we don't have real uh, newsletters anymore that you can hold on to and flip pages. The PWI 500 is legitimately the last thing that we have, and all of the wrestlers line up to talk about the fact that they're in the PWI 500. You see it all over the Internet. Every year, somebody's talking about the fact that they're in the, the PWI 500 and their ranking and, and how proud they are and all these other good things. I, I just feel like... Um, and, and I want to I want to publicly apologize. This is official, folks. First time doing this, by the way. This is an exclusive. I want to publicly apologize to both Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston because people at PWI have made it their mission to stir me up every year. They have robbed you of of your earned distinctions and being number one this year in the PWI 500. Wow. That's what happened. That's what happened. It's about me, okay? It's, it's and, you know, this year Daniel Bryan is something who was recently well, still a suspect in, a, in attempted murder. Oh, well, 
Well, this is because Roman Reigns is, is my other arch nemesis, so of course Daniel Bryan is carrying out my bidding. I mean, what do you hear? Hear a few points. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect was going to happen? You know, right. and, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, Harry, because like you said, you have the women's 100 coming up. That's going to be when is that being released officially? Uh, that'll be two months from now. Uh, I don't have the exact uh, date. I, I would say the newsstand date uh, would be, I'm just guessing, September, probably toward the end of November. Okay, so at least, you know, hopefully by, by Christmas, New Year's time, we're going to have the the PWI Women's 100, Top 100 Women in Pro Wrestling. I'm going to tell you right now, Harry Burkett, there will be an abundance of Denzel Washington slapping that coffee cup if Becky Lynch is number one in the PWI, oh, no. I you could put Santina Morella as number one. I don't care who you put as number one. It cannot be that no good Becky Lynch. You got to promise me, oh. Harry, that you're going to do everything in your power to make sure it's not Becky Lynch. I guess you jumped out of your off your sofa just cheering when uh, Bailey pulled her number this week. Oh my goodness! I, you know, I, I was calling Bailey what she was, which is a no good turncoat, because she wasn't sticking up for Sasha Banks enough. And and I, I'm, you know, again, it's about me, Harry. I'm pretty sure that she she noticed and she didn't want to upset me any further, so she decided to do the right thing. And Get on your good side. That's it. And she attacked that no good Becky Lynch, and it, and it was as you could hear from the crowd, it was the the right decision to make. Yeah. Yeah, at least for the first uh, few minutes, the, the, the crowd was eating, eating it up. I, I didn't hear hardly any booze, at least at the, at the beginning. And when she followed it up by doing something similar to Charlotte, uh, it was pretty much the same thing. You know, the crowd, they were into it, man. They mm-hmm. Clearly, they're all about this this boss and hug connection. Um, now, here, here's the question. Is is Bailey a heel or is she a baby face? Ooh. I guess we still don't know. We don't know if this is going to take or not. We've been down this road before. Right? Could, could, you, could you call somebody a, a heel if everyone's cheering for them? Huh? Right. So it, it gets a little interesting there. But, you know, getting back to the to – see, here, here it is, because women – I'm trying to get you off topic. I know. And, and I, I, I told you, you know, we, we have um, our good man David McClain from, from Wild Superheroes. Women's wrestling is definitely something that – is the main topic going on right now. But with the PWI 500, Seth Rollins being number one was very disappointing. It was very disappointing. And I think that, you know, a guy like Kofi Kingston is probably going to call you up and have some words for you, Harry. Oh, I hope not. Uh, yeah, and, and look, he, he, he doesn't mess around, man. So that that's not going to be pretty. So what about some of these other folks in the top ten? Okay. I mean, how did you arrive to, to these these conclusions here? Just from a general hey, standpoint. Hey, look at the other names we haven't mentioned. Johnny Gargano. He's definitely yeah, a good right. representative at XT. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, now, I see Roman Reigns here. Now, I'm sure you don't want him anywhere near the top ten. But don't you think he received his rightful humbling by just being number, looks like number seven? Are you kidding me? A guy, now, how, during your, your, your period where you were ranking this, how much time did Roman Reigns miss during that period? Well, 
He missed quite a bit of time. He missed quite a bit of time, and yet he's still in the top ten. That's got to be the biggest slap in the face to everybody. Well, well, I hate to bring up another sort of topic, but there is precedent for this. You know, sort of, Ronda Rousey being number one in the women's 100, and you complain that she didn't wrestle enough matches. <laughs> you, you ever notice that I complain about the right things? You ever notice that, Harry? Right, right. You know, I, 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 know, I have you know, my finger on the phone. really thick. I never forget it. Yeah, yeah, seriously. That, that, I do give you credit for that much. You absolutely uh, pay attention to my crazy ramblings about these things, and, and, and you do commit it to memory. Like, But I think... Do, do you understand why, why, why I do? I, why? I'll give you a reason. I may not agree with you on issues of rankings, but I do respect you for your resistance of group think. Um, one thing I would mention is it's very fashionable to be beating up on WWE all the time, uh, not creatives, and particularly about the ratings. But a point that you've made several times is it's unfair to judge WWE by the standard of ratings from years ago when they're still in the top five, sometimes number one, in the cable ratings for Monday night. Everything's relative. And they're, beat, they're still beating out most other cable shows. You just can't fight that tide. And you have to look at all the other revenue streams they have that they didn't have before. So you just have to have a balanced look. So I respect your willingness to look at things a little more deeply than a lot of people do. Ah, uh, I see. You're, you're buttering me up now, Harry. I am a little bit. I have to get that in there because I've never said that before. <laughs> but I'm uh, just getting it across. And, and sometimes you can put the numbers up to prove it, which I appreciate. Well, and, and listen, I appreciate the fact that, number one, I'm, I'm actually flattered by the fact that you pay that much attention to uh, what I'm putting out there. Uh, that's that's a tremendous honor, especially for somebody like yourself, Harry Burkett, who, who legitimately you're a big deal in pro wrestling, especially representing PWI, which is the standard in pro wrestling magazines and has been for my lifetime. Um, but yeah, this, the, I want to elevate the conversation when we talk about how we look at what a successful wrestling brand and company is and when they're not being successful, when things are, they're stumbling and what have you. And if we can't be honest about how to measure things, it can't just be about, well, that's my favorite and, and that's not my favorite. If you don't have tangible measurables, anyone who's ever worked in business understands that that word measurable. These are things that no matter what you say or do, the proof is in the pudding. If if we don't have that, then the conversation is just subjective. It's not a fact. And it is a fact, like you said, WWE is consistently in the top five on cable TV. You know, with Raw and, and SmackDown is consistently in the top ten. It's usually right around seven or, or higher. That's not a failure. <laughs> it, it well, um, and I have to say, um, as far as in-ring product, I'm probably more in line of being a fan of New Japan, Ring of Honor, will be of AEW. Um, but the numbers don't lie. The success doesn't lie. And many times I, I feel that both pundits and fans hold WWE to an enormously high standard. You know, and we both remember how 
the TV product was, uh, say, 25, 30 years ago. I think if you live that, to that experience of just being lucky to get a feature match, and now you're seeing three hours of action-packed Raw, and they're delivering made of that quality matches, and they're doing that how many times a week? It's just incredible what they pull off. And when you compare it to any other media company, like WWE Network is like prime example. Every media analyst, especially every uh, uh, financial analyst, said that that model would not work, that they would cannibalize their own profits. But they're past 1.5 million subscribers, and that was their goal. And um, they turned out to be correct. I don't hear a lot of people saying, uh, oh, I was wrong way back then. Not at all. In fact, what you'll hear them say is, well, that's not that much, and it should be higher. And, you know, everyone's an expert, yet they've never been in that position. You know, mm-hmm. they have multi-billion dollar entertainment, worldwide entertainment, uh, publicly traded companies that, that they're in charge of, and, and literally the the smallest piece of bad press could affect your stock prices. I mean, come on. You know, it's a tightrope. Yeah, it's a tightrope. And, and somehow, some way, they've managed to not only stay alive, but they're thriving. I mean, if you're bringing in more revenue in 2019 than you ever did in the history of your company, in the history of the industry, why would you ever dramatically change anything that you're doing as far as the product is concerned. Why would you do it? Right, right. You just have to have perspective. Yeah. It's not all about last night's numbers. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. But in terms of you're not gonna you're not gonna and Vince McMahon has said it best. We're not going back to blood and guts. It's a PG program and, and we do have more room where we can be a little bit more realistic and do some things. We haven't even touched the line yet. But we're not going to leave PG because look at all this money we're making. Like, what? Yeah, right, <laughs> absolutely. You know? Like, why? Why would you stop? So that's that's uh, that's interesting that you're paying attention to that, though, Harry. I, I do appreciate that, and I'm going to keep that going. And, and I think that a lot of times folks forget. Um, I've I've held the WWE accountable and, and continue to do so on a lot of issues, including the Roman Reigns being pushed down everybody's throat and the Ronda Rousey stuff and what have you. Yeah, I I don't mind talking about that. But I'm also going to hold these other promotions accountable as well, like pointing out that New Japan has they've lost a lot of talent and they don't deserve to be ranked as high as, as the big boys right now because they need to rebuild. Right. And, and Ring of Honor, too. Ring of Honor, too. I, I'm embarrassed by what Ring of Honor is the way that things are going with them right now, because I feel like with Sinclair purchasing an additional 21, either 21 or 22 regional sports networks, Ring of Honor is pretty much going to be in every marketplace in the country. Um, so in terms of visibility, until AEW airs, Ring of Honor is still the number two American pro wrestling company, you know, that's going just because of the, right. the nature of their footprint on television. Why aren't you investing into this company and and, and, and delivering a product that is um, worthy of the distinction of being, at, at the very least, the number two promotion? I, I, don't, I don't really get it. Right. Sometimes they actually give the impression that, oh, we're just happy to lurk in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that correct, Augusto? 
and listen, I I was at the very first show. You know, that that main event with Daniel Bryan, who was the American Dragon, and, and Christopher Daniels, right. and low-key, like that, that was awesome. That yes, was there. Yes. The Founding Fathers, yes. Yeah, man. So I, 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 it just hurts me to see that they're not realizing their potential in 2019, which is legitimately probably the biggest time in the history of pro wrestling. True. You know? Yes. And, and you you think they'd be riding the wave a little better. Ah, it's just... It's crazy. We're talking to Harry Burkett of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Now, now, Harry, I got to bring something up. Uh-huh. It's something that I noticed on on Twitter, and it actually is, is bled over to Facebook as well. It's a really interesting discussion. Uh, there is a a group, and they have the Twitter handle. It's at Black Rexcellence. So, so it's at B L K W R. E-C-E-L-L-E-N-C-E, Black Excellence. I think that's a take on the, the word excellence. The idea here is that the PWI 500 came out, so this is a list of the top 500 pro wrestlers in the world. The concern is there were like less than 35 black pro wrestlers on this list of the top 500 wrestlers. There was significant discussion surrounding that you know where where are all the the black wrestlers i know this one i know that one i know this one and that discussion spawned into a list they compiled a list and and i'm actually looking at it at it right now there's at least 239 names on this list and these are all black pro wrestlers who are out there of course most of them are in the indie scene and what have you but Folks chimed in and got very passionate about this and saying, you know, they missed this one and they missed that one and they missed this one. Talk talk to me about something here, Harry, in terms of how Pro Wrestling Illustrated compiles this list and the PWI 500. And what are your, what's your initial response, you personally, to a controversy like this? Well, just speaking for myself, um, I wasn't uh, aware of this list until you mentioned it to me here, um, which made betray my blind spot that I was, didn't realize this conversation was going on. And I, w- I haven't been privy to every 500 meeting, so it is possible the other editors and writers have discussed this. But to my knowledge, this was not part of the conversation when we put together the PWI 500 this year. Um, now, I guess the larger answer to your question, you were asking how the list is put together. Um, to give you a little bit of history, um, I would say for many years, probably the first 15 years of the 500, uh, the information that we got on individual wrestlers was very promoter-driven. It was promoters across the country sending us a uh, uh, packages and dossiers and folders and black and white glossies of all their top stars, and they would also let us know, okay, these are the wrestlers we're pushing, these are the ones we feel are talented, and um, these are the ones who we think will be big in the future. So that was of great assistance to us. Now, we're into the Internet age. We don't have promoters sending us material anymore, and that's fine, because we have YouTube and we have uh, information out there uh, you know, streaming services, we were able to see matches 
uh, from everybody in the country, which creates a little more legwork for us. I would say that uh, Dan Murphy and uh, Al Castle, um, they're uh, the other senior writers. They do the lion's share of that. Uh, I've been where I assist in typing up the bios. Um, so this has not been a conversation that we've had, um, but now that you bring it to my attention, I'm sure it's something we will talk about. And we'll be happy to look at this list, and if there's uh, a reason we've been missing these wrestlers or overlooking them, uh, we'll try to rectify that. Because what people have to understand, even though, Stuart, uh, you, you uh, kind of portray us as having an agenda, a pro-Seth Rollins agenda, etc., when we have these conversations, we're mainly in fear of getting it wrong. Everything is, we're very cautious. It's like, oh, you know, we don't want to make this mistake or this mistake. And now in the days after the list has been posted, every criticism that we get, somebody on staffs, one of the freelancers, is following up to say, oh, did we make a mistake here? So our goal is to make the list better each year. So the more input that we get on about this list, the better next year's list will be. And the 500, the whole point really is to create a conversation. Uh, we try not to be controversial. You know, that's just inherent in that. But uh, if someone compiled a list of 170 wrestlers at least who at least deserve consideration, we're going to take a look at that list. That's that's a great response there. So what, what you're saying is you're encouraging the wrestling community as a whole to send information and call out the wrestlers who they want to see on the list and, and more wrestlers on your radar. Right. And I have to say, you know, if this is indeed a place where we've had a blind spot, we've had those before. We had a blind spot where we never uh, had a Japanese wrestler, number one. When going back in history, you know, maybe Dean Malenko should have been number one in 1997. Maybe it should have been Masala. You know, things like that we look back on. And um, another topic is always, or it used to be back in the day, regions of the country that were overlooked. We would hear, oh, half the 500 is from the Northeast or the Carolinas. Well, what about the, the West Coast? Or, you know, so as times change, we kind of have to evolve our strategy. So we include everybody. Well said. Well said. And 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 listen, this could have gone, you know, a totally different way. You could have said, "Well, that's what we do," and who cares? People upset, what have you? This is the reason why I have as much respect and admiration for somebody like yourself, Harry, just because you get it and you understand that this isn't about you. This is about the community itself, the, the entire wrestling community. And if you're going to compile a list of the top performers and what have you there, you're never going to get it 100% right 100% of the time. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to satisfy everybody. But that's the whole point of evolution. That's the right. whole point of having these discussions and people bringing these things to the surface I'll tell you right now, the very first PWI 500 does not look like today's PWI 500. <laughs> well, of course, that starts with number 500, where you recall that was always a joke wrestler, you know, Garbage Man or Pursuits yeah. or, you know, now you're lucky to be number 500. Of course. 
And one thing I do want to point out, I think most people uh, recognize this. We've never pulled a Vince Russo swerve with a number one or even, you know, wrestler of the year just to create controversy. Because we understand that our strength is credibility. So that's why we desperately try to get it right. Folks, that was part one of my conversation with Harry Burkett of, of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Just, you know, Harry's just a wealth of knowledge and real fun to talk to. He is legitimately a wrestling nerd like I am. So, you know, even offline, when me and Harry get on the phone with each other, we're going to be on the phone for hours just swapping stories and talking and having a good time, what have you. But there's there's a part two to that conversation where we get into more general wrestling discussion. You'll have to wait until next week to hear it. But, um... You know, this stuff with the black rexcellence uh, uh, folks there and everybody in the community who were very serious about the fact that there really weren't many black wrestlers in the PWI 500 this year. And I feel Harry's response to that was pretty solid. Let's take a look at this and let's come together and work on this thing and, and solve these issues. Like Harry said, it's not the first time they've had blind spots. Uh, you know, have, not having a Japanese wrestler is number one ever, which is just insane when you really think about it. Um, so that, and they've corrected that issue in the past. So, hey, when folks are reasonable enough and willing to admit, you know something, you have a point there. Maybe we messed up on that. Let's take a look at it and let's figure out how to solve that problem. Will you work with me? Will you help me solve this problem? When folks come with that kind of energy, Everybody wins. Everybody wins. So I can't wait to see what comes out of this. Now I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating next year's PWI 500 like I do every year anyway. But now I think next year's PWI 500 could be the best ever. We may see the most diverse PWI 500 in history in 2020. So take a look at this year's list, folks. But stay tuned. It's only going to get better. That's right. That's right. Okay, listen, we're going to take a quick break because up next, we got him. The man in charge of WOW Superheroes, David McClain. This is Rudy Boy Gonzalez of the Texas Wrestling Academy, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. On behalf of the entire wrestling world, and I mean, goodness gracious, I, I, I'm going to have to contain myself here because, like I told you folks, I'm, this is literally one of my heroes in the history of pro wrestling. Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the creator of WOW Superheroes. He's also the commentator. He is the, he's like the Swiss Army knife. He does it all. The one the only Mr. David McClain. How are you, David? Duke, thanks for having me here. So good to be with all your listeners and participating today. And it's, uh, I tell you, it's going to be a wild women of wrestling weekend on Access TV. I just found out, Duke, they're starting at 12 noon and going all day with wow. I mean, it's going to be a Saturday, Saturday slamathon. You're the first guy to know other than me. I literally found out just minutes ago. 
that it's all showing on Saturday leading up to the 8 p.m. Eastern debut of Season 2 on Access TV. Ooh, it's going to be a heck of a Saturday. So I'm happy to be on with you, Duke, and your listeners. So it's my well, pleasure, and thanks for your kind words. That is incredible. So, so again, this is going to be a slamathon, not a marathon, a slamathon where they're legitimately going to show. <laughs> they're, because they're after show... us, they've got they've got New Japan Wrestling on right after our our debut episode. That's right. So, That's right. It's, so Access wow. TV is the place to be this Saturday. Direct TV, Dish TV. Um, I don't know all the other networks that it's available on, but your local cable stations. Absolutely. And, and again, this is Season 2 of WOW Superhero Saturday, September 7th. Now, Season 2 debuts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but throughout the entire day starting at 12 noon, they're going to be showing you what happened during Season 1, leading you right into Season 2. This is, this is incredible. But let, let's talk about this for a second here, David, because when we ended Season 1, uh, the Wild Superheroes champion, Tessa Blanchard, she's standing in the middle of the ring, and you have the Beast and Havoc and Jungle Girl. There was just a lot of commotion going on. What can we expect with Season 2? Well, as you all know, and you're exactly right, Duke, Season 1, Tessa Blanchard came to Wild Women of Wrestling for our debut on Access TV, and she was gunning for the championship. She wanted the WOW championship. She wanted to add WOW to her prestigious reign of having all the championships around her waist. And you know she just won first American ever in the history of wrestling to win the championship, Reina whatever, I don't speak uh, Spanish, but championship in Mexico. So she's the first American to win that. But back to WOW. She came to WOW to become the champion. She did it. She was the champion and the first person in over 18 years to pin Jungle Girl's shoulders to the mat and host the championship. But she had a little help, I might add, from the Beast. But that said, Tessa now in Season 2 that debuts Saturday night, this Saturday, the 7th, she has got the target on her back. And you're right, Havoc, the monster of madness who many people may see in Impact Wrestling, is going after Tessa big time. The Beast is, and so is Jungle Girl, because she wants that prestige back that she held so dearly for years. So that's the kickoff for the season. That's what you'll see in the very beginning of the season. But for your wrestling historian, your listeners that love your programming and show do, that want to see a little nostalgia. There is a feature piece in the WOW debut this Saturday on Access for the Tag Team Championship belts of women's wrestling. And they go all the way back to the 1950s with Mae Young, right up to the current times of Leilani Kai, um, to the Jumping Bomb Angels, to even WOW's Cage Teeth. And that's something I know fans are really going to enjoy, seeing a feature on the Tag Team Championship history of women's wrestling. So it's a big wow. night this Saturday. It's got something so, for the nostalgia, something for the WOW fans, and something for anyone that hasn't even seen WOW before. So so not only do we have the the 
women's championship division, but now we're talking about the tag team championship division. This is another layer that you're adding to the to the mix here in WoW Superheroes. That is incredible because you definitely have a lot of talented uh, ladies in that promotion there. I know I, I think of somebody like a, a Jesse Jones who, who's going to make wrestling great again or you know, so some of the other folks there, it just it, it's an incredible program, David. Well, dude, as many of your listeners may know, you know, I've been, I, I've been in wrestling since I was 13 years old. I had a vision to see the best women's wrestling presented in the world. I started Glow Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling in the 80s. Uh, Lisa Moretti was my ideal person to become a champion and and become a superstar in the industry and she moved on and went to WWE under the name of Ivory and became a two-time champ and is held out as one of the great athletes of WWE and subsequently my vision was never materialized it never materialized from an from numerous business hurdles to numerous lakes that were too deep to swim in and I just had to keep pushing forward I'm so fortunate today to have the business partner of Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, who is my partner and shares my vision. We are so lucky to have Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and the owner of um, Access TV, engage with us. His president, Andrew Simon, down to his PR team of Sean and Cindy. We've got a team that is totally behind and dedicated to presenting the world's only dedicated one-hour wrestling television program, period. And everyone is focused on giving the fans, your listeners, you, myself, the best in women's wrestling. And some people have noted this, and I believe it, and I agree with them, and I say this with most being the most humble person saying it with appreciation and being humble, Wow, women are wrestling. When you see it debut on Access TV this Saturday through its entire run this season, wow is the best wrestling on TV, period. I didn't say women's wrestling. I said wrestling. Wow is the best wrestling television show out there, and I think the fans are going to love it. There's something for everyone in it, and you're right. Going back to what you said, Duke, we really have dedicated ourselves to presenting the best wrestling with the best wrestlers. And we're so fortunate that we have a blend of the best independent wrestlers as well as, I'm just going to use the phrase, homegrown wild stars like the Beast. Not since China has wrestling seen a phenom like the Beast. The Beast is a specimen. Wouldn't you agree, Duke? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she, she, she is a specimen. You see it when Andre the Giant walked in. You see it when Hulk Hogan even walked in in AWA days or was down there with Jerry Lawler. He was a specimen. When Joni Lawler walked in, she was something unique, a specimen. When you see the Beast walk in and that camera follows her down the path to the wild uh, signature purple ring, you know you're watching something special. And she will be in that ring this coming weekend going from Tessa Blanchard. That's her goal. 
and it's all going to unfold in front of our eyes on this Access TV series every Saturday night on Access, 8 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be great. And we've picked up, you know, several wrestlers that wrestle independently, several that wrestle with Impact Wrestling, and the WOW superheroes that have been trained in the WOW Training Center in Long Beach, uh, California. It's the only dedicated all-female wrestling training facility in the entire world. Another first. And I make that a point because we have two wrestlers coming in, one from Europe and one from Japan, and I think one from Canada. And they're all participating in this upcoming uh, season um, of WOW Women Are Wrestling. And how can we continue without noting, you know, the fact that We've been so blessed to have Tessa Blanchard, who's just proven that she's one of the best, if not the the best, in the industry. And she became the WOW not through her last name, Blanchard, but because of the person she is, my meeting her and her facilitating herself in this industry to become the best. And now we're blessed again to have another legacy name of professional wrestling join WOW, and that being Piper. Roddy Piper's daughter, Teal Piper, has joined WOW and will be featured in the WOW Women of Wrestling. And we're really lucky to have that, to have the legacy of those two performers in WOW. So, again, Duke, it's Saturday night. It's 8 o'clock. It's Access TV. But I'm looking forward to Slamathon starting at noon. Uh, that is going to be special for me. We get to watch WOW all day long, right up to the climax of the beginning of the new season. Wow. We're talking to David McClain. This is the creator of WOW Superheroes. Now, now, David, you're a guy who, as you stated, you created GLOW, you know, gorgeous uh, yeah. ladies of wrestling, which, you know, on a, on a personal note, and I, and I have to tell you this, David, growing up, it was very difficult to find women's wrestling on TV. And Glow was the first program dedicated to women's wrestling, and that was something that you made happen there, and, and you, you really fed our appetites as fans who wanted to see the ladies mix it up and what have you. So it's really interesting to see you continue that legacy on with WOW Superheroes. Let me ask you a question here, Dave. Why women's wrestling? What, what makes you so passionate, not just about pro wrestling, but about the women's wrestling in particular that you wanted to deliver this to the world? I, I, once again, no, no genius idea. No sitting up in bed and, you know, having a genius idea. I was fortunate enough to be in wrestling since the age of 13 selling photographs from Indianapolis to Cincinnati to Detroit to Chicago to St. Louis with my buddy Scotty Romer in Indianapolis. And we we got to go on the road and ride in the ring truck and go to state fairs and see wrestling in, in little armories across the Midwest. And I recognized and saw, you know, Sandy Partlow, uh, even Wendy Richter later on, uh, Debbie Combs, some of the lady professional wrestlers at that time, and they just weren't treated nicely, to put it, you know, uh, conservatively. Um, and I asked, why? Why? And I was told, they're just the girl wrestlers. They're just the girl wrestlers. And 
it's not, and it was just organic. It was just organic. There's no thinking until I got older, and I just said that isn't right. They need a shot. They need to. They, they're they're working as hard. They're driving as far. Why can't they give, be given an opportunity? And I was told no one was interested. No one was interested. Well, I was the announcer for Dick the Bruiser, and we were in the arena, and it was Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. against Dick the Bruiser for the main event. And the previous match before that was Princess Jasmine, um, an African-American wrestler from Chicago who'd had a uh, factory job against Candy Devine, who's from Tennessee. Anyone from that that era of Jerry Jarrett down there knows her. Well, they wrestled and they tore they tore the house up that night. And I said to the crowd, "How would you like to see a main event between Candy Devine and Princess Jasmine? And we'll put them in a cage match and have the first women's cage match of all time." The crowd went wild, dude. I went downstairs and I told the Bruiser we're going to start a women's wrestling division, and he told me I was absolutely insane. <laughs> and nobody was going to watch it. It was a popcorn match, and I better get my brain on right and don't ever put the women on before him again because they're going to outshine them. And that is where the start of some smarts came in because that is where I said, screw it. These women have worked hard. I've seen them not treated correctly. But now a marketing brain clicked in, and I said women should have a league of their own. And that was before Penny Marshall created the fabulous movie, A League of Their Own, for the baseball. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, way before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So with that, we put up posters out in the, in, the, in the gymnasiums. I was told I was a weirdo and a nut. I came to California. Derek Barton, who's still the manager of the Gold's Gym today in Venice Beach, the most recognized Gold's Gym in the entire country, I cold called him. I said, I'd like to do a casting call. I got this idea to do this women's wrestling. I didn't even have the name yet. And 500 people showed up. I went there and did a casting. And I said, we got to put them in a gym and train them. I flew back to Indy. I sat on my mom's couch. And I said, what are we going to call them? What are we going to call them? How are we going to differentiate them? I had no clue that there was a word called branding. I don't know what the word branding meant. It's just like today I didn't know what the word digital meant three years ago. And I just said we got to call them something different. And it's got to be colorful. It's got to be big. It's got to be bold. And it's got to be sexy. And it's got to be fun. And boom, the name came up, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And it was born right on my couch, my mom's couch in Indianapolis. And that was the name. Flew out to L.A. We trained them. Not much time to train them. Everyone says the wrestling stunk and glow. It did stink because there was no time. We were under, we were dictated by the television schedule. And we had to get a pilot done to get it to the TV convention in order to make it happen and see if we could sell this idea and this dream. And I was running out of money fast because the cash was just flying through like water through a faucet. And I had zero clue what it was going to take. And I met two great people in L.A. who one was the distributor, one became the creative mind. 
and the genius behind much of the fun stuff in GLOW, the director, Matt Simber, and they led me to a gentleman that owned the Riviera Hotel. We put a deal together, and GLOW was off and running. Then I sold it, went in and worked for ESPN for 17, 18 years, and Jeannie Buss, Jeannie Buss from the Lakers came to me, and she said, we got to bring WOW. We got to do WOW, Women of Wrestling. And subsequently, a big credit is owned to Jeannie Buss of the Lakers for flying to Vegas, sitting with me and telling me, let's do WOW, Women of Wrestling. It's time for women's wrestling. And I finally found the right partner that shared the vision and the dedication to make women's wrestling happen and succeed. And we all owe a grit of da- uh, gratitude to her. And this is way before anybody said there's an attitude, a revolution, an evolution, any of this marketing branding. Uh, Jeannie Buss had the vision, and we made it happen. And it's and believe me, just because she got involved, it wasn't an easy sell, and it still isn't. We need you. We need the fans. We need everyone telling the cable systems you're watching it, you're enjoying it, you want more of it. Because if you don't hear from the fans, nothing lasts. You and I can love Mission Impossible, but if we don't keep buying tickets to see it, there won't be another Mission Impossible. So that's why I appreciate you so much, Duke. I know you've had some of the wild superheroes on, and uh, to have me on today, we're just fortunate that you're helping to get the word out and helping to make wild women of wrestling successful. Now, that's, that's one note I want to make. The programming in the league is Wild Women of Wrestling with a capital O. And the the wrestlers in it are the Wild Superheroes. So I've learned, now that we started GLOW in the 80s, what branding is and the importance of it is. So all of the social media platforms are under at Wild Superheroes. So it's a very easy for your fans to join the wild world and follow all the wrestlers. Absolutely. And I, and I want to say, David, I, I really appreciate, and, and my listeners responded so well during season one, the fact that, that the the superheroes, these ladies were live tweeting and, and going on social media while the show was on, and, and there were different locations. Maybe they were at a party or, or a restaurant yeah. or something. And as the show was going on, they were interacting with the fans at the same time. I just thought that was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Well, thank Is you. that going to continue? Are we are we going to continue to see that? Yes. This Saturday night, this Saturday night, during the broadcast, Samantha Smart, who manages the disciplinarian, who's from Florida, who's not only the disciplinarian in the ring, she's also a sixth-grade school teacher in the District of Florida, and she carries a smart ruler with her that's a paddle, and she's going to keep these kids that are on social media and, and smoking these little uh, whatever they're called with that vaping. <laughs> she's she's going to keep these kids on the straight and narrow, the old school way with the paddle, and the parents are so appreciative. I think I know Samantha Smart will be on, and I, I believe the disciplinarian, and I know that, um, Teal Piper will be on adding commentary this Saturday night to the Wow 
spectacular. So wow. Teal Piper, Teal Piper, Rowdy Roddy Piper's daughter will be engaged in WOW Women of Wrestling this Saturday night and Samantha Smart will and I believe the disciplinarian. If it's not the disciplinarian, I know it's another WOW superheroes. They will be tweeting and socialing with the fans during the programming, which is very unique, and we're so happy that Access TV helps us ex- uh, do that and, you know, really engage with the fans. Absolutely. And let me just say this, David. That's Samantha Smart. You know, she said that she's intellectually uh, superior, but I know that she cost the disciplinarian a match last season, so I'm just putting it out there. I think we better check her credentials there, David. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know. Well, her credentials are sterling. I hired <laughs> Samantha Smart to work for me. She, I had no clue she was from Indianapolis, zero. She met Selena Majors, uh, the trainer, and oh, yeah. Selena told me, hey, this girl's awful smart. You should hire her. And we laughed at Samantha Smart and Smart, and she started working the front office with me and after a month or two of organizing us, she said to me, hey, you guys don't have a Bobby Heenan. You guys don't have a Jimmy Hart. You guys don't have someone that's really intellectual and someone that's helping the wrestlers. And I said, yeah, yeah. And she says, well, I'm going to do it. And my first person I'm going to do is one that sent her information in to join WOW that I may have overlooked, and it was the disciplinarian. So Samantha Smart left me and has gone over and now is engaged in the programming, and here I am without an assistant. So she (laughs) left me. And I'm not that smart. (sighs) That's that's a heck of a story there. And not only has she left you, she's taken off running, brother. She is taken off running, and I've had to bring in Mela Maria from Colombia to come in and be my new assistant. So who knows what's going to happen over the next few months. So it's going to be interesting. It's all happening this Saturday. It's going to be fun. Now, Malaya Santa Maria won't be in the ring, so don't be looking for anyone from Colombia in the ring on Saturday night. But we don't know what the future holds. Wow. Wow. Once again, folks, this Saturday night, WOW Superheroes on Access TV. Season 2 starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but starting at 12 noon on Saturday, they're going to have a Slamathon. So you're going to be able to catch up on all the things that happened Season 1, and it leads you right into Season 2. I can't wait. Listen, David, once again, on behalf of the entire fan base, we, we appreciate all that you've done throughout the years, I mean, going all the way back to the 80s, and the fact that your passion for pro wrestling continues to burn. And, and, and quite frankly, with this Wild Superheroes, you really are doing your best work, which is just incredible to say that because you've been at it for so long. The fact that here we are, you know, 30-something years later, and, and your best work is being put out now, which means that we haven't even seen your absolute best work yet. There's still more to come. Well, you're too nice to say that, but you're absolutely correct in saying it. And I and I just reemphasize, it's because of a team. Uh, I had a vision before, and, you know, just like the bruiser told me I was nuts, it was a one-man person banging on a drum. 
and so many hurdles to overcome. And it's so nice to be joined now with a band and an army and a world of a universe like Jeannie Buss, Mr. Cuban, Andrew Simon, of the president and CEO of Access Fight. I mean, this is now the best work, as you said, Duke, because it's a team. It's also the best work because of your listeners and your fans. Social media gives us an instant um, expression of their thoughts, their interests, their desires, who they love to see, what's happening, and we listen to them and we engage with them. So it's a new time. It's a new it's a new opportunity, and I'm just blessed to be doing it this long. And uh, I really want to appreciate everyone that has said, wow, is the best wrestling on TV. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I really agree with everyone that said it. Wow is the best wrestling on TV. And they're going to see it on Access TV. It's a culmination of a 30-year-old dream. It's a culmination of the best talent in the industry. It's a culmination of the newest talent in the industry, like Tessa Blanchard and the Beast, the Lioness. And there are three wrestlers that are superheroes that are going to be on the program this Saturday night, Duke. And they are called the Psycho Sisters. Oh, boy. And they are Mesmeriah, Razor, and Fury. And let me tell you, I've never seen a trio of more colorful personalities than the Psycho Sisters. And when oh, they boy. get into the ring, I thought they were going to be booed out of the stadium. Booed. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and when they grabbed the microphone and they said, who wants to get Psycho? The crowd went wild, dude. They loved wow. the Psycho Sisters. ProWrestlingTees.com. ProWrestlingTees.com. Ryan Barkin, who owns it, everybody should check out their website. They've got a big Saturday's event in celebration of Access TV's wild debut. ProWrestlingTees.com has all the wild superhero T-shirts available. So check them out. Go to WOWE.com. Click in on the merchandise. It'll take you to ProWrestlingTees.com. And you can pick up your best shirts. You're getting a wild cap. If they're a fan of Jesse Jones, get your Make Wrestling Great Again and have a big party. The announcement of WOW on Access TV, it's just going to be a terrific WOW day this Saturday. Jeannie Buss and I are going to have a party in Beverly Hills starting at 3 or 4 in the afternoon for some special friends that have made this possible. And we're going to have a wild day. And I hope all your listeners on Saturday have a wild day, too. A lot of energy, a lot of positivity coming out of David McClain, Wild Superheroes. And, and listen, you know I'm going, to be, I'm going to be checking it out Saturday, Access TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, this I, I was so happy and, and so pleased with the fact that David broke the news that there's going to be a, a slamathon, not just a marathon, but a slamathon. So anyone who missed anything during season one, starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Saturday, you just glue yourself to that TV and you can get ready. It's almost like a, a WrestleMania day where you, you get as much wrestling as you want. And here's the best part. After WoW Superhero Season 2, after that debut, New Japan Pro Wrestling Show is on. 
So Access TV is just continuing to show the world that they are investing in, in solid pro wrestling content. And I'm so appreciative of that. And shout out to everybody at Access TV, Joanna and Aaron and, and Mark Cuban and all the folks over there at Access TV. Thank you very much for delivering quality programming, especially your MMA content and your pro wrestling content. It's just, it's fantastic. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Folks, you know, next week we got some more great guests and, and I'm telling you, I'm, I've said it for a number of years now that I'm, I'm very serious and dedicated to delivering more women's wrestlers, more, more, more women's wrestling guests and more women just in general here on the show. Um, let me, let me give you a little peek behind the curtain. Our listenership, you know, you folks out there in Duke's wrestling crew, about 40% female, which is just fantastic. And, and, and it's an unusual stat for a re- pro wrestling related show. I don't know too many that can, that can say that. So it's, it's pretty awesome, you know, and, and look, I, I would like to think the, the reason for that has to do with the fact that I respect all of my, my listeners out there and, and, you know, there's a lot of entertaining content, but it's, it's a pretty intelligent way of delivering the content to you. I'm not treating you like you're a fool, you know? And at the same time, uh, we've always been welcoming and we want women's voices to be involved in this because we're all in this thing together. So yeah, I, I've already let David McClain and the crew know over at wow. I want to talk to everybody. I want to talk to everybody. Why not? And I'm happy to announce that, you know, Teal Piper will, in fact, be our guest next week. So that's going to be pretty cool. And we got some other uh, exciting guests coming up as well. Also, don't forget RVD, Rob Van Dam is coming up. There's, there's a lot of cool things going on with this podcast. And again, I would never have been able to do this without your support out there. Some great people out there who, who have been with us since day one. You continue to support us, and that's why we continue to thrive. And this train ain't stopping anytime soon, baby. We just keep rolling. That's right. So, until next week, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 